It is 19 minutes before the hour here on the Drug Large Radio Show. Public safety this week with Jim Gannett is brought to us by Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis. He says the city is undergoing a renaissance. Well, that's pretty clear. And he's crafted a 12-point plan to harness that energy. What say the mayor? Well, on taxes and spending, he says he'll veto any budget that breaks the tax cap and will fight vigorously to keep your taxes from skyrocketing. On tackling the opioid epidemic, he praises the city for the progress it's made, but says we now must identify safe, affordable recovery housing within the city and on safer streets and neighborhoods. He says he'll make sure to maintain the complement of officers, which has grown significantly under his watch. And when we have the and he says that as resources become available to expand the police complement and put more officers on our streets and in our neighborhoods, he will do it. Learn more about his 12 point plan for Manchester at tedgatzis.com slash plan. That's tedgatzis.com slash plan. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Rich. By the way, Jim, retired New Hampshire law enforcement, 15 years as a police prosecutor, more than 20 as a cop in Amherst, Litchfield, and is deputy dog over at Hillsborough County Sheriff. Good morning. Good. I'm not sure how I feel about hanging out with an unindicted felon. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, a potential felon. I could just be a just, right, just right, be a future down the road. Yeah, right, yeah that's right. right. Yeah, you get yourself a good lawyer. So here, yeah. here's a question. You're, you're, you know, you're you're a police. Uh, you're you're a retired policeman and a, a retired police prosecutor. What do you know about wiretapping statutes? Well, I don't think what you did is called wiretapping. <laughs> uh, there's there's here's a cheap free legal opinion. Uh, you know, from a guy who used to play a lawyer for 15 years, yeah, well, you know, you for a so, state's attorney. So, it sounds like, a, it, yeah. it sounds like a, uh, you know, the cheap free opinions I've gotten from others. People don't understand how many attorneys are actually out there in my large and loyal listening audience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, wiretapping, you know, is, it's been, you know, we've had wiretapping as long as we've had electronic kind of means of communications, whether it was the old, you know, copper line phones and, mm-hmm. uh you know, you, you hear about, you know, if you watch cop shows, people are wearing a wire. It's a recording device. Mm-hmm. You know, you're intercepting oral or electronic communications. Uh, you know, federal law and most other states are one-party states. So as long as the government consents, then it doesn't matter what the bad guy or the target does. New Hampshire is, you know, typical of New Hampshire, which has more stringent legal requirements and more strict constitution than the federal constitution is a two-party or all-party consent. Uh, but there are exceptions. So, you know, um, and and they've grown as technology has grown. But, yeah, I mean. Well, you know, I actually, you know, I'm I'm reminded after, remember that Hallsville debacle years ago, uh, not years, maybe two or three years ago, when, um, you know, they had that horrific anti-bullying lesson in a fourth grade class. Remember that whole mess? Yeah. Well, the Katsikas family, who uh, objected to the lesson, um, met with Deborah Livingston as part of her investigation. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And, of course, she brought them in not to talk to them about what happened, but to inform them of the course of what she found out in her over-the-weekend investigation. And they recorded the meeting. And they, they had, uh, you know, they, they got permission. They had the thing, the, the recorder, out there in plain view. And then after they made the audio public, they got threatening letters saying that uh, they did it without consent and everything else. And they actually asked me to take the stuff down off my website. I said, no. They asked him to take it down. He said no, because everybody in the room knew what was going on, and they chose not to object. Anyway, 
Now, I'm not saying everybody in the new room knew what was going on here, but I had my recorder out on the top of the thing. Yeah, but to me, it's it. You know, again, you know, play, play cheap prosecutor here. I'm declining that case every day of the week and twice on Sundays because one, I think it lacks consent. Two, I think that if you look a plain reading of the you know the right to know statute. Uh, and I think you quoted it earlier as well, but it's it's pretty simple for anybody can read. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Kate DeRozier is supposedly a paralegal, then I, I would question uh, if I'm her employer, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, 91A, colon 2, paragraph 2 says, any, any person shall be permitted to use recording devices and then goes on to list, you know, different, you know, including tape recorders, blah, blah, blah. Well, any person is basically what it, plain reading, any person. So that's right. you, any of the committee members. I want to sit in the audience and record a public meeting. I can. Right. But there's now no, the argument is, is but this is a no, public meeting. There is no language that says you cannot record a non-public meeting. And the argument should be, you know, and that, now let's go even, well, let's not even assume or, you know, presume that you were, you know, asked to clerk that meeting. Responsible for accurately Recording the minutes of the meeting, which is required under the right to know law. Right. Meeting minutes shall be kept, the record of all the actions, votes, etc. Let's not even assume that. There's still nothing in that statute that, that says you cannot record a non-public session. The problem is, is when information from that non-public session, like Nancy Tessier did, gets disclosed to people not authorized right. to have that information. That's where Nancy Tessier got jammed up, and she should have gotten jammed up. Um, so pretty simple distinction now add to the fact, which I think completely obliterates any, any intent is the fact that you are actually acting as the clerk for that particular meeting. Yeah. Well, you're doing well again. And, and it's, it's a mystery to me that why the largest municipality in the state of New Hampshire doesn't record all of their meetings anyways, public and non-public 15 years in Litchfield, every meeting that was had, um, by the well, the board of selectmen, the town equivalent, yep. was recorded. The administrative assistant sat there. There was a recorder. She had headphones on, just like mm-hmm. a clerk in court. She's writing notes to go as an adjunct. You know what line? You know to marry. Just write out some lines to give you some chronological order. Those were all, all recorded and then transcribed because that's the most accurate way. Manchester appears to be doing the de minimis to get. You know, minutes and, and, and again, how can you have an expectation when subcommittees and everything else are recorded and put out on cable TV, for goodness sake? Right. Well, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe you're only supposed to be able to talk in non-public privately and not have a record of what you say so that when it gets leaked out anonymously, it can't be traced back. But I really— That's exactly why you should have a record I, of the, it, public, the non-public meeting so that when you're blabbing outside of school, you know, then, you know, they'll know what was said— and, you know, it should only be known to them. Maybe that's why they don't release them, but it's there if they have to go back and look. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, but. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and again, I mean, the reason why they, you know, the right to know law has that, that enabling language to say that any person shall be permitted. Mm-hmm. Shall is a mandatory term. It's not discretionary. They shall be permitted. You know, I don't know if you recall, but I want to say it was down in, it was the State House a couple of years ago, and I want to say it might have been Lynn Ober's committee or a subcommittee was meeting. Mm-hmm. Someone came in and wanted to record it. Mm-hmm. 
And they said, no, oh, it's that's my right. right. We covered that. Yep. That's right. That is my right to co- you know, to record this meeting. Well, no, it's a House rule, and there was a big kerfuffle about that. Uh, but again, the law, you know, you don't, the House doesn't get to make rules. Well, maybe they do because they're politicians. You know, they make rules that don't apply to them but apply to all the other mere mortal citizens. And we see a lot of that in city government these days. Yeah, well, and, and, and there it is. But so— is 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 the mere act of recording somebody a violation of the law, or is it the use of that recording? How, do, how does the wiretapping well, it, statute Well, again, I mean, I, I guess it could be the mere act of just doing the recording if it's unlawful. Um, and again, so in technology is, you know, and, and the statute has, has grown. I, I shouldn't say evolved. It's grown. They've added sections to it as technology comes up. So... Uh, when the police started going to video, you know, recordings in the cruisers, you know, with the dash cams, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the officer would wear, a, you know, a mic, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have the body cam. It was a mic because right. these were all dashboard mounted. So you'd have to go up and you'd have to tell him, hey, I'm Officer Gerard, I'm Officer Gaudet, whatever, you know, you're being stopped for so-and-so, you know, you are being audio and video recorded. You have to give them that notice, mm-hmm. you know. Now, what if you object? Well, you know, do I have to set off the recording? No, I guess then I guess you don't have to speak to me. You know, so there's there's all kinds of nuances there in the law. Fast forward when, you know, things were getting out of hand and it was like, uh, you know, the Wild West on school buses and then decided, <laughs> you know, to start putting video cameras on school buses, you know, to prevent, you know, all the stabbings, drug deals, assaults and right. things of that nature. Well, the legislature had to enable legislation to make that an ex like an exemption to the wiretapping statute. Mm-hmm. You know, RSA 91A already has its own exemption. It says in very clear language, any person shall be permitted to use a recording device in these meetings, period. If you're entitled to be in a meeting, you're entitled to record it. Pretty simple to me. But, you know, again, in the day, we used to call this a spite complaint. That's all this is, pure and simple. It's a spite complaint. <laughs> you know, uh, you complain about- Jim, how could you be so sure? Really? <laughs> anybody who's anybody with a pulse who watched that meeting last night, that was plain and simple, a spite complaint. Well, it's hard to know how it comes across when you're in the middle of it. But Oh, no. Well, f- sitting in the cheap seats? Yeah, that was a spite complaint. <laughs> <laughs> it, had, it, it, it was dripping, you know, uh, with spite and, and payback and, and all those other things. And, you know, at least make it an honest attempt and have some substance to it. Yeah. But I mean, it, this wasn't even a good attempt. Mm. You know, they, they might as well come up with some other fairy tale. But again, you know, as far as wiretapping goes, yeah, I, I don't think so. You there know, you go. So wait, wait till your investigation comes back. And and like I said, you know, I would, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. I was, you know, again, you know, step taking off my public safety hat. But like as a Ward Eight guy, yeah, I wasn't too happy to see my school board member. You know, talk about, well, you know, we got to move on. Oh, you spend money on kids, not lawyers. Oh, I abstain. (laughs) Well, really? You know, (laughs) step up. (laughs) Really? You know, and I was, although, you know, a little bit questionable why, you know, I I was a little disappointed that the mayor abstained instead of, you know, speaking. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had But I did like the tongue wagging he gave to everybody afterwards, and he was looking right at the people that he was talking to and said, basically, really? You guys think this is funny? You know, we just spent 25 minutes and we're going to spend this money on nothing. Really? You know, move on. 
You know. <laughs> well, I think that's what he was trying to do uh, when he tried to cut off the debate and say, we're going to move on from this. I'm not going to have any more discussion. I Maybe it was a mistake on my part, but enough had been said about what I did um, and incorrectly said about what I did. It left, you know, making it sound like I'm sitting there, you know, mischievously recording the meeting. I thought it was important that the public watching that meeting hear me say that I was asked to clerk the meeting. I recorded it because of changes that I thought required a verbatim minutes in the law because that's how we do our public minutes. And if I were going to do something nefarious with it, why would I tell the clerk, uh, you know, plain and simple, right. by the way, this thing, you see it right here. I had it on the desk. That's where it was. I checked it half a dozen times to make sure it was still recording because I wasn't sure I had enough memory. But Oh, yeah, on the phone. Yeah, on the phone. And there it is. So they want to make a, a, a federal case out of it. I, I could have done any number of things with it last night, but I just decided to say, well, no, you know, and again, not for nothing. You know, talk about spike complaint. Let's roll back to Nancy Tesh. She had an opportunity to explain herself in the public session. Yeah, she, she was no asked, comment. and she had no comment. Right. You know, so again, I mean, what does she have to hide? And you, yeah, you won't have to file a complaint against me, Jim, because I honored the city charter. I had a personal interest yeah. in, the, in, the, in the motion Twice. that was there. Twice. You said so before the meeting yeah. when they asked for the opinion of the chair. <laughs> and again, a little bit disappointed, but maybe he took the higher road because if I was sitting there in the chair, I would have said, really, that didn't seem to stop you from voting on a matter in which you had a direct interest, you know, or yeah. other people. So, yeah, twice, you, I, you know, it was very clear, came out well on TV. Yeah, I'm going to abstain per the charter. Well, and I- then when the roll call was taken, and it was like, yeah, I'm abstaining per the charter. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to encourage people to watch that meeting because at the end of the day, I get nothing to hide about what I did. I'm getting this message from uh, a Susan listening to you this morning about the clerking scandal. I know some members hate you as much as they hate Dr. Vargas. Shame on them. My Air One verse of the day is fire goes without wood and corals disappear when gossip stops. Proverbs 26.20. I thought that kind of fit the situation otherwise some have developed gds gerard derangement syndrome similar to tds trump detainment uh, syndrome only on a local level well there you go thanks to susan <laughs> well i like the gds comment yeah that's that's gerard derangement syndrome yeah that's nice oh well anyway so uh r- real quickly the mayor's responded he said he's uh, forwarded your complaint uh about oh yeah the test your thing to and the again that, that'll be much to do about nothing solicitor. but you know we want to be consistent Rich, if you violate the charter, then, you know, that's what we're going to do. Well, we'll see what the new solicitor does. I mean, you know, the other solicitor uh, at least did say that they were violations of the charter, but he, you know, he, I guess it's, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with a charter that doesn't have any penalties, except you pointed out the RSAs where violations of charters can be penalized. That's right. And uh, they, they haven't been. So maybe the new city solicitor will, uh, maybe the new city solicitor will take a more aggressive stance. Well, I, and I'm kind of interested to see what, you know, because it's pretty clear because you've already gotten one legal opinion from an investigation that said, yes, there were charter and state law violations. Right. Uh, so what happens when the city solicitor says the same thing, but you've got a school board that voted to bury this? You know, how's that going to look? Uh, you know, because it's pretty apparent to anybody, again, that has a, you know, a functioning cerebellum and a pulse that you know, it's clear she violated the charter. And then she voted on two actions that had an impact on her immediately following. But she had no comment to explain her comment. No comment. I mean, 
I, I was talking to a high-ranking police official from another municipality that I've known for years. Good guy. I saw him this weekend. And from where they sit, it's, it's very well known. Manchester is a cesspool of ethical conduct in politics. And, you know, it, it's, it's a laughing stock in the state. They, you know, you'd think they were Little Chicago or they were, you know, Tammany Hall. I mean, it's, it's really funny, but it's not. If it, it's, it's, it's actually pathetic. And that's why, you know, you, you know, if you have Trump derangement system, you know, block your ears. But it's time to drain the local swamp and get some of these people done. All right, Jim, Jim Cut. <laughs> We shouldn't be allowed to have this much fun. Folks, watch the meeting. Jim, as always, good to have you in the house. Appreciate you being here. Not a problem. We're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. We'll be back with the news. Stay with us.